Welcome back, everyone, to the Hikes Peak Podcast. No long intro, no intro music. You know why we're here. Late last night, Brent Brennan, who's been the head coach at San Jose State since 2017, where he rebuilt them to a historic 2020 conference title, a 26-19 and record over the last four years, and three bowl appearances, the most in school history. With how big of a deal this is, I called in some help, so thank you to the Mountain West Connection's very own Vic Aquino, our San Jose State correspondent. Hey. Good to be here, Jack, and good to see you again, almost in person, but virtual will work. (laughs) So, yeah, good to be here. When you consider how little resources the program has, especially when compared to larger programs, just for comparison, San Jose State brought about $10 million worth of expenses last year compared to a larger program like Alabama, who brought in $78 million. It's remarkable what he's done in his time there, and it's a shame it has to come to an end. He's been in the mix for many Power 5 jobs over the last few years, and it was Arizona and the Big 12 that finally lured him away. He's getting a $6 million annual raise compared to his salary this year, and he's a great hire for the Wildcats after Jed Fish left for Washington. Crazy how Nick Saban's retiring dominoes into this, but it does feel inevitable in some ways. This also marks the sixth Mountain West team that will be entering 2024 with a new head coach. To refresh your memory, Boise State fired Andy Avalos and replaced him with defensive coordinator Spencer Danielson. Nevada fired Ken Wilson and hired Texas defensive coordinator Jeff Choate, New Mexico fired Danny Gonzalez, and hired former BYU and Virginia head coach Bronco Mendenhall. San Diego State's Brady Hoke retired and was succeeded by Colorado offensive coordinator Sean Lewis. Wyoming's Craig Bull retired and promoted defensive coordinator Jay Sauvel, and now San Jose State. With all that general info out of the way, let's get the inside scoop from Vic. Brent Brennan has had his name thrown around for a plethora of Power 5 jobs since the 2020 Conference Championship, but he decided that now is the right time and Arizona is the right place. What do you think went into his decision to take this job and leave a community he's so ingrained in? I'm going to call this like an educated speculation because I've known Brent for seven years. I'd probably honestly call him a, a friend in that sense. I think the time is right after seven years that if you look at someone in our generation because we're actually close to the same age range like any good job you put in your time you know through good and bad and five to seven years is a good jaunt. That's probably the first thing that struck. You know all the other times there were still a lot of honest to goodness work remaining in the program to get it to a, let's just call it a stable point, especially the last few years and seeing how hard, not just Brennan, but the staff and the assistants and the amount of hours. This is probably not new to Southeast State, but just for like a mid-major range level program that they have to do a lot to keep up with the creme de la creme, at least in terms of budgets, like you mentioned, Alabama, the top schools that are getting the money. They have to do a lot more work to try to even come close to, you know, being halfway recognized. So that amount of work that they put in, I think it it does wear on you, you know, and to get that opportunity and knowing that he was going to get more opportunities and then obviously getting this Arizona technically the second time because, you know, he got offered that in 2020. At least he was a candidate in 2020. So I think the time is just right on a few different levels. And I think as this has kind of panned out over the course of the day that we'll see that sort of logic in there, you know, obviously the money is incredibly good. I'm sure it was also partly a family decision and where he has with his family. And it's not like a singular decision for Brent. And that's side of sense, I think the human side of everything, it makes sense. And it seems like a natural progression for him because he still has a lot more to do as a head coach. Though San Jose State has significantly improved their support for the football program over the last few years, they're still worlds behind the powerhouses of college football. Coach Brennan had his success without any real NIL money, and there's plenty of stories about how hard he had to fight to get support for his team. My personal favorite is that he had to fundraise to cover breakfast for his players. My question is, do you think San Jose State will try to pick 
pivot towards embracing NIL and trying to grow more prominent that way? Or is that not really an option and the current amount of support for football is as much as it ever will be? I think some of my views on things and just talking around the program, it has to be an option until things sort of settle or get regulated or there's some even playing field. I think Coach Jim Harbaugh said to the point of sharing revenue with the players. I think short of that, I could say San Jose State has and would welcome some kind of nil program, but you're talking about people and infrastructure to, to really make it worthwhile. Like that's a lot of underlying work to do, let alone the personal branding that needs to go on with players coming in and that whole effort. It's like another sort of division of a company that you need to build up. I think they would welcome it if they had the resources and of course the money and the panache to bring in things to support nil. And sometimes it might take just one really cool, big hire. Like obviously Dion is probably the big one, you know, and then all of a sudden everything sort of just cascades and trickles down from there. That's kind of ideal in that sense. In terms of being competitive, I would just say that they would welcome a nil program, if you will, or a nil effort to some degree that could help keep players and maintain players or really just start even the playing field. I'm looking at just a pure business person. I would consider that. Yeah. Let's now pivot to who the Spartans will hire for their vacant head coach position. There's a good chance they end up staying in house with running back coach Alonzo Carter being the most likely option. He's been there for all of Brendan's tenure and had a successful stint as Coast Contra College's head coach and also spent more than a decade as a high school coach in the Bay Area. I've seen a lot of fans saying they want him to get the job, but the administration is reportedly looking for someone with head coaching experience, which at least means they'll give other candidates a look. Georgia defensive backs coach Dante Williams is one of the best West Coast recruiters in the country and was a recruiting coordinator for San Jose State from 2013 to 2015. Former Navy head coach Ken Niamatololo, who's currently UCLA's tight ends coach, would also make a lot of sense. Another name expected to pop up is Brian Harson. He had a dominant run with Boise State for seven years before leaving for Auburn, where he was fired two years later. Oregon State offensive coordinator Ryan Gunderson was the Spartans QB coach for four years before leaving for UCLA after the championship season in 2020. One more coordinator that has to be mentioned is UNLV offensive coordinator Brendan Marion, who revitalized the Rebels offense and will be a heck of a head coach whenever he gets the chance. The final name to mention is Marcus Arroyo. He was UNLV's head coach for three years before getting let go after going five and seven. He spent the last year as Arizona State's offensive coordinator and is a San Jose State legend. He played quarterback for them from 1998 to 2002 and was an assistant from 2005 to 2008. Vic, obviously I want your two cents on this. What names stick out to you as the most probable candidates to become the Spartans 20th head coach? Sort of the million dollar question, I guess almost literally. Huh? Being sort of close to the program and, and seeing Alonzo Carter, the running back coach, the associate head coach, the recruiting guru. He represents a lot more than just being a head coach and what he symbolizes for the Bay Area in terms of a, an organic, gritty person, you know, who he is in terms of his brand, in terms of what he is known for in the Bay Area. He seems like and he feels like an obvious one to me. But you mentioned Marcus Arroyo because of the, obviously the San Jose State connection there. Um, people are throwing out high school coaches who are legends in their own right as well here to even NFL coaches and things like that. So there's everything in between. Nick Rolovich, name was thrown out there too. A one that I had thought about years ago before actually Brennan got picked up into 2017 was Jeff Garcia because everything that he kind of represents on a broad spectrum of not just a player in the NFL, but in coaching and just who he was. But obviously he ran into some social faux pas, I think a couple years ago or so. So that might be a little bit of a tarnish, but I think someone as an example of what can symbolize a holistic view as a coach and as a spokesperson and a brand himself, Jeff Garcia. I don't know if it would happen now. I don't know if he'd ever be in there. Also knowing Jeff Konya, the director of athletics, 
athletics. He's a pretty methodical and logical kind of person. So I think someone with head coaching experience would be part of, I guess, his prerequisites. But if I were just kind of tip of the hat, I would, you know, definitely say Alonzo Carter, Marcus Arroyo would become my top two. Yeah, that's why as of today, I don't know how I feel tomorrow. I think for right now, those are the ones that kind of logically bubble up to me. I think I'm kind of in the same boat as you. I think trying to keep the momentum and foundation built under Coach Brennan should be the number one priority. Promoting running backs coach Alonzo Carter would do just that. If they go a different direction, though, my money would probably be on Marcus Arroyo. Make sure to tune in to next week's episode for whatever updates come out of San Jose, whether that be a new head coach or key players entering the portal or decommitting. That's it for this emergency episode of the Hikes Peak Podcast. Thank you so much to Vic for coming on the show to help us out. Thank you as well. Appreciate you so much, Jack, and what you do. Keep it up. I hope I can come on again in less emergency circumstances. Thank you so much for coming back to the Mountain, especially on such short notice. Make sure to make the trek back here next Tuesday for another brand new episode. Also, if you haven't already listened to yesterday's episode and check out the 2024 Mountain West Depth Chart Tracker, which will be updated daily. If you enjoyed the episode, rate the show five stars on whatever platform you're listening on or leave us a review on iTunes. Nothing helps the show out more than that. So any ratings would be greatly appreciated. Follow us on Twitter at MWC Connection and find all of your Mountain West news at MWCConnection.com. Thank you again for listening. I'm going to sleep for five straight days now. Sure hope no other conference shaking news goes down. Until next time, I'm Jack Thompson. Enjoy your life.